Our scripture reading this morning is 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 12 through 22. 1 Thessalonians 5, 12. We ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Be at peace among yourselves. And we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. See that no one repays evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies, but test everything. Hold fast what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Anna. Well, I I need to let you know that uh, Pastor Jeff and Pastor David uh, have gone on a retreat for the weekend. They'll be back, so no worries about that. But. uh, I was uh, privileged to be able to uh, step in the pulpit here today and share the word of God with you. Before we do that, I'd like to lead us in a word of prayer. Lord God, I, I do thank you for your word to us. I pray now, Lord, as we look into this sacred book, into these words that your spirit gave many years ago and still gives us to us each and every time we open it. I pray that your spirit will speak once again to us through this word. God, you be the preacher today. Let me not get in the way of what you have to say to us and change us, change us to be more like your son. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to move this out of the way. I, uh, I tend to walk a little bit, so uh, I think I've told you that before. Uh, when Pastor asked if I would uh, fill in this Sunday and, and uh, uh, kind of cover the next section in uh, the book of Thessalonians that we've been going through, I looked at it and I said, Jeff, you, you know how many verses there are here that have different commands? It's like, it's like the parent who is, is trying to give those last-minute instructions to their child before they go away for a weekend. Maybe they've left their, their children with their aunt or uncle and said, now, don't forget to wear your coat and, and brush your teeth and, and be nice to auntie and do this and do that. And, and all of those things that kind of have to come out as, as they were nearing the, the end. And that's kind of what's going on with Paul here is he's coming near the end of this letter and ready to share uh, some final thoughts and he, oh, I got to say this and I want to make sure you guys get this and and don't forget to do this. 
I said, Jeff, do you know what you're doing? There's a message in each one of those. Uh, in each one of those. We're going to have these people here for, for hours. <laughs> and so I, I told him, you know, as I looked through these and, uh, and kind of focused in on, on uh, what was speaking to me, um, I was reminded that uh, this is Thanksgiving month. And as verse 18 jumped out at me as a verse that I, I felt like we needed to hone in on and come to, to grips with the, what it is to give thanks. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And so that's where we're going to go this morning. We're going to hone in on that one verse. And so now you're probably saying, wow, that won't take very long. Well, let me show you. <laughs> There's a lot of traditions that go along with Thanksgiving. Um, family get-togethers. This is our family. It was taking a picture a few years ago when our family all got together. Uh, no, not really. You picked that up already. But uh, families get together. Our, our family, the Yoder family, is going to be gathering together at... Uh, at uh, Zion Mennonite Church in the, in the basement here in uh, Thanksgiving. First time we've been able to do that uh, since COVID hit. And so I'm going to be able to see the cousins and all of the, all the ones that I don't even know anymore because they've, they've been born and, and, you know, lots of thing, changes have taken place in, in our family. Probably have 80 people there when we, uh, when we uh, get together next, uh, uh, in a few weeks. And uh, so uh, a tradition uh, is, is, has been generated and, and been going on for many years. Maybe you do something similar to that. There's a, there's a tradition in our country that uh, our president in a, in a few days is going to uh, pardon a turkey. And so you uh, fancy that. And, uh, you know, that's kind of a strange tradition. I don't know where it started or how it got undergo, uh, underway, but uh, th that's a tradition that will take place. But years ago, George Washington uh, and, uh, knelt at, at near Thanksgiving time and gave a Thanksgiving proclamation, his first Thanksgiving proclamation in our country. And that started a tradition. It was kind of off and on until Abraham Lincoln came along in, uh, in the 1860s, and he gave his proclamation, and it's been consistent for every president since Abraham Lincoln, 160 proclamations of thanksgiving, uh, declaring to our country to give thanks. Praise God. I mean, that's, that's an awesome, awesome thing. One of the things I found is in George Washington's uh, proclamation were these words. He says, it is the duty of all nations to acknowledge the providence of Almighty God, to obey his will, to be grateful for his benefits, and humbly to implore his protection and favor. A lot of references to God. Uh, there were just three paragraphs in George Washington's uh, proclamation, but it was full of the references to God and thanksgiving to him. They were undergoing the Revolutionary War at the time, and, and uh, he uh, had, uh, had felt it necessary to stop and praise God and thank him in that circumstance for his provision and protection. But you know, 
There's been a proclamation for Thanksgiving lot, far longer than these, than these guys came up with. A proclamation for Thanksgiving to God that he recorded in our Bibles in many places, multiple places, in the Old Testament as well as the New. And right here, as Paul's nearing his closing comments to the, Th to the Thessalonian church, he tells them, give thanks. He gives them that word. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. There's three things that uh, I just want to focus in on as we take this, uh, uh, dive into this verse and look a little more closely at what it has to say for us. And the first one is, is the directive, give thanks. The second one will be the distinctive, the, the, the thing that's distinctive about this, and that's in all circumstances. And then the final one will be the directive, uh, the deductive uh, reason for it. So let's, uh, let's dive right into that. First of all, the directive. The directive, the command, give thanks. It is a command. It's written in the imperative uh, tone or uh, tense of the verb, thanks. And so it's a command that's given to us. When I uh, went to work for the US Forest Service in 1972, so I'm, you can tell how old I am, it's been a while. 1972, I went to work for the US Forest Service. My first day at work, those guys were used to working out in the field and they were dressed in boots and, and field clothes and everything. I didn't know how to dress. I showed up in the office with a tie on. And, and imagine, I got some smirks and laughs like that when I, when I showed up. And, and uh, I remember my boss told me, I want you to go down the hall and in the library there, there's a, uh, a set of manuals. I want you to just start to familiarize yourself with how we operate here in the Forest Service. I went into, the, the, into that library, and there were shelves in there, uh, probably, I don't know, six feet long or so, and they were full of these green manuals and handbooks. I mean, it was, it was amazing to me. Oh, my, I'm supposed to look into these and find out? Yeah, he, did, he just said, well, just get familiar with what goes on here. One of the things I learned very early in that, oh my, you can't read that very well, but that's okay, I'll, I'll tell you what it says. One of the things I learned is that in those manuals, there were some language uh, usages. And if it said may, you may do this, that meant it was optional. You could have a choice. If it said you should do this, that meant it was recommended, but maybe not. But if it said must, that meant you better do it. Otherwise, you might be in, in trouble. There, there could be lawsuits that come against the Forest Service if we don't do those things. And so I learned that there, there were those languages. So the must, I began to, to see and learn that those were commands. Those were directions that had to be followed. Give thanks is a command of Scripture. Did you realize that? Did, did you understand that to be true? Of whom is it commanded as, as he gives this? If you look back in the book of 1 Thessalonians, just across the page in my Bible, to uh, verse 1 of chapter 1, it says, Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians in God. So the church is who this command is being given to. 
the church. Who's that made up of? Well, as you read on further in, the, in this uh, text, in this letter, uh, several places in, this pass, in these uh, verses, the word brothers shows up, meaning there, were that, there was that relational relationship that he had with these people that he was able to call them brothers. The Bible tells us, but as many as received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to be called the children of God. Somebody, I remember sometimes, one time said, God has no grandchildren. He only has children. And so if I'm a child of God and you're a child of God, we are brothers and sisters in Christ. Paul is writing to the brothers and sisters that were at Thessalonica. And it carries on to us as well. And then finally, as you go right in onto this verse, it says that it is those who are in Christ, those who have received him as Lord and Savior. If you're here this morning and you have received Jesus Christ as your Savior, this command is for you and me. Somebody told me one time that in the Bible... There is really only one command for the non-believer. This command and the others in this passage are for believers. But there's only one command in our Bibles for non-believers. That command is you must be born again. If you think about it, that's really true. All of the Ten Commandments... Start out with loving the Lord our God, having him first in that order. And the rest of those commandments are, are maybe good moral uh, things for, for the world to do, and we would like to see the world follow those, but the Bible says whatever is not done in faith is sin. The Bible says that even our good works, before we came to know Jesus Christ as our Savior, even our good works are like filthy rags. It's only after we receive Jesus Christ that our good works make even any sense, that the commands of Scripture start to apply directly to us and to me. Do you know where you must be born again originated? Somebody didn't make that up. Jesus said it. One night, Nicodemus, the leader, a leader in the, of, the, of the Pharisees, came to Jesus at night to inquire of him. Jesus was getting, getting notoriety in his teaching and, and learning and instruction to people, his miracles. And Nicodemus came at night to visit Jesus. And Jesus told him, you must be born again. Nicodemus was confused about that. He thought, well... How do we do that? How do I do that? Do I have to get back in my mother's womb and be born again? How, how do I get that? And maybe you're sitting here this morning and you've never really understood born again, what that means. But Jesus said, you must be born again. And in that same dialogue, 
A little later on, he tells Nicodemus this. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. We know that verse pretty well. But do you know the next two verses? The next verse says, For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe in the Son of God stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. If you reject the Savior, you have no Savior. If you reject the Savior, you have no Savior. For there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. Oh, We must be saved. That's what being born again is. It's coming into that relationship. It's accepting and receiving what Christ has done for us at the cross. His sacrifice that was made on your behalf, on my behalf. And receiving them into our life as Lord and Savior. Are you born again? Do you know him? Each, each of these points of this verse, I believe, points us to a question like that. Are you born again? Well, that's to whom it's commanded. To whom do we give thanks? Well, maybe that seems obvious to us, and probably so. I mean, we ought to be giving thanks to God. The word for thanks here is eucharisto, eucharisto. You, E-U part of it, is good. It's where we get like in, in the word eulogy, is good word. It is good. Christo is grace. Good grace. God, uh, God, or Paul, has written down in this text that we are to give good grace to God. As, as that word is used throughout our New Testaments, 39 times does that word appear in the New Testament. 39 times. 95% of those times, it is directed to God. It is giving good grace back to God. It is giving thanks to God. You remember this guy? I spoke about him earlier in terms of giving that proclamation. And I mentioned to you that he had three short paragraphs in that original proclamation. In in those three short paragraphs, he mentioned God and directing his thanks to God 13 times. He was full of this thanksgiving back to God. In a few weeks, a few days... When uh, our president today, uh, uh, current president, gives his Thanksgiving proclamation, see how many times God is mentioned. Last year, it was once. Last year, it was one time. And the rest of it was full of Thanksgiving to men and women who had done great things. We just sang about God doing great things. We ought to remember that and thank him for it. It is God that gets our thanks. 
You'll recall this, uh, the uh, story of Daniel in the lion's den, a very familiar and, and popular, a favorite uh, Bible story for, for many of us. Daniel was accustomed to praying, and, and the other leaders there couldn't figure out how they could trap Daniel in, in ter- and get something bad on him to, to bring him down a little bit. And, and uh, so they devised this scheme and they went to the king and, and had, they had the king issued a new law that only he could be worshipped. And, and anyone who worshipped uh, other than the king and God would be thrown into the den of lions. Daniel heard about this. You know what the Bible tells us Daniel did? He opened his windows and he prayed to God. And what did he pray? The Bible tells us in Daniel 6.10, he prayed thanksgiving, giving thanks to God just as he had done before. He was used to that. That's what he did. It didn't matter what the circumstance was. Daniel gave thanks to God. Oh, didn't matter the circumstance. That's the next point. Giving thanks in all circumstances. The directive is to give thanks. The distinctive about this verse is we're to do it in all circumstances. Now, you may be sitting there this morning saying, what? What what circumstance? No, I think you may be thinking, what? You don't even know my circumstance. You're right. I don't know your circumstance, but God does. What are the circumstances that we might face that that we would question this idea of giving thanks? Maybe you've lost a job recently. Maybe there's there's, uh, strife and turmoil within your home, within your marriage, between your kids. Maybe, Maybe you've lost a spouse or a loved one. We're to give God thanks in that circumstance? Well... What part of all don't we understand? It is the fact that the, this, is the, this isn't me saying this. This isn't Paul just writing down words that he thought sounded good. This is the Holy Spirit of God inspiring Paul to write to the believers of that time and to us today saying, give thanks to God in all circumstances. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 20 tells us this same fact, same truth. It says, always, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the, in the, the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Always giving thanks to God our Father. So, what, where? When? When do we do this? How do we do this? What is it? It is everything, everywhere, every time. That's what all means. That's hard. I I don't feel like giving thanks in those hard times. I I don't feel like doing that. Everywhere, every time, everything. How am I going to do that? How am I going to get that accomplished in my life? As I thought about that question, 
it came to me. If God commanded it, then he's enabled it within me. If God has commanded it, he doesn't leave me without the capability, the ability to do it because he's given me his spirit to live within me. And I need to learn to take God at his word. Somebody told me one time, when the Bible, uh, uh, this was a, a mentor of mine, a discipleship mentor of mine. He came to me and he said, Bob, if there's a period there in your Bible, don't you put a question mark. That's exactly what happened with Eve, wasn't it? She was tempted to question God's word. Did God really say that? If God said it, then I've got to learn to believe it and trust it for what he said. In the book of Numbers, Moses describes God in this way. God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? That's how God is. He makes a promise. He will fulfill it. I've got to learn to trust that. That's how I can learn to give thanks in all circumstances. Let me show you one promise that God has given. And then, again, a familiar passage of scripture for us, Romans 8, 28. It's my wife's favorite verse. Uh, and, uh, and so it is something that, that I think we come along with in, in our lives and start to grow in understanding more and more as we experience God in our lives and, and grow up in him. Here's the verse. It says, and we know that in all things, now I, I put the emphasis on all things because what did our verse that we're focusing in on say? It said all circumstances, all things, all circumstances. This verse applies to what we're talking about. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Now, I want you to notice something. There's two parts in this verse that I want to particularly point out to you. God has a part, and I have a part, or we have a part. God's part is to work out the good things. God is at work within us to, for his good pleasure, to bring out what is good, what is accomplished. He's there to accomplish and fulfill for us all that he began to do. He's at work in our lives, bringing about what is good. I don't see the good right now in my circumstance, but I got to trust and believe that what God said is true. God is at work for the good of my part love him, of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. The question is, do you love him this morning? Do you love him? Has, has there been that, that uh, experience in your life where you just, ex- just know that God has loved you and that you return that love to him? We love him because he first loved us. Do you love him this morning? We're asking, how can I fulfill this this command? It's love him. Jesus said, if you love me, 
you will obey my commands. Now, some people hear that and say, okay, I've got to work harder at, at obeying his commands. I've got to check off. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. No, I would say, love him, and you will obey his commands. If you love him, work on loving him. Don't go through life saying, I'm going to work harder. I'm going to, I'm going to work harder at giving thanks. I'm going to make sure I wake up this morning and be thankful. I'm going to work hard at that. I'm going to turn over a new leaf. I'm going to write a resolution. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. That's all you. <laughs> Instead, make it your goal in life to love him. Love him more and more each day. And you will obey his commands. So, if we live this way, giving thanks in all circumstances, maybe you don't like to be distinct. Maybe you don't like to stand out. But you're going to stand out. There's a verse in, in 1 Peter, it says this, but in your heart, set apart Christ as Lord. Love him. But in your heart, set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give a reason for the hope that you have. When you live this way, giving thanks in all circumstances, you're going to get asked, why are you like that? You be prepared with the answer. I love Jesus. I'm born again. Well, I was checking the clock to see if I still. <laughs> the deductive reason. Deduction is putting the facts together, facts together, and coming to a conclusion. It is putting, putting the, the, the things together giving thanks in all circumstances because, I love, because it is God's will. Because it is God's will for, for me in Christ. There's, there's verses in Ephesians 5, 8 through 10. It says this. For you... Were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists of all root goodness, righteousness, and truth. And then it says, and find out what pleases the Lord. Find it out, Christian. Find out what it is that pleases God. Do you love him? Are you born again? Find out what is going on with God. What pleases him? The will of God right here is one of them. This, was one, this is one verse that points out directly what God is pleased with. It is giving thanks in all circumstances. Find out what pleases him. You know, you could go through, here's, here's a good homework assignment. To go home and do a steady uh, quickly on things that please God. Find out what pleases the Lord. When, uh, when I first fell in love with my wife, I've loved her all of my life, but I mean, when I first, felt, when I first knew that, I was trying to find out what really pleased her. 
What really made her happy? What, what enjoyed? I hope I'm still doing that. But, but uh, there, there is this, this sense of, of love. And if you've experienced love in, in relationships here, you know what I'm talking about. If you are in love with God in the way that we've been talking about here this morning, you're going to want to know what pleases him. You're going to want to know what, what, he, uh, what satisfies him in every way. Find out what pleases the Lord. And then this verse says, in Christ, he has put the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, that same power that God used in, in resurrecting Jesus and ascending him into heaven, that same power resides right in, in you this morning. That same power. So when you ask, how can I ever do this? How can I ever fulfill this? I'm saying to you this morning, fall in love, be born again, fall in love with Christ, and know that Every, that you can do everything through him who gives you strength because he's given his spirit to you. Wow. A directive, a distinctive, a deductive conclusion. Are you in Christ this morning? I told you some time ago, every time I preach, you're going to have one slide that says, so what? So what are we going to do about it? What are we going to do as we leave this place here this morning? What is it that we will leave here? Uh, being, are you leaving here? I'm going to try to give thanks more. What are you going to do? Abraham Lincoln, when he gave his, his Thanksgiving proclamation in 1863, in October of 1863, he's the one who, who said the last Thursday in, in November was going to be the day of thanks. He said this, The gracious gifts of the Most High God should be solemnly, reverently, and gratefully acknowledged as with one heart and voice by the whole American people. And he went on to say much more in that proclamation. But I want you to notice that in his words, he recognized that it was God who had given those gifts. It was not men. No human counsel hath devised, nor hath any mortal hand worked on these great things. They are the gracious gifts of the Most High God. Do you know when he gave this message or this proclamation? It was 1863. In July of that year, 1863, one of the bloodiest battles of the American Civil War had been fought. 50, 000, over 50,000 lives were lost on the both between the, the Union and the South. Over 50,000 lives, and the, and the war was still going on when, when Abraham Lincoln gave this proclamation. A proclamation to take time to think about the gracious gifts of God that had come upon this nation in spite of the circumstance of war. He was giving thanks in all circumstances to God. Here's our three points. The directive, 
the distinctive, and the deductive. Something I observed as I looked at this passage, at, at this, this closing uh, point, was this. You can pick any two of those, and the third one's free. You can pick any two, and the third one's Let's test that for a minute. If you are giving thanks to God in all circumstances, you are in the will of God. If you are in the will of God in all circumstances, you will give thanks. And if you are giving thanks in the will of God, you will do it in all circumstances. What a deal. Pick any two and the third one's free. So at the end of each of those points, we came to a question. Are you born again? Do you love him? And are you in Christ today? Pick any two, and the third one's free. Are you born again, and, are, and do you love Jesus? Then Christ is in you. You are in Christ today. Are you born again, and in Christ? Then you love him today. If you are in Christ and love him, you are born again. Lord God, I thank you. I thank you for the truth of your word I pray, Lord, that we will grab hold of what you have said here and examine our lives. God, let us take to heart what you have said. Let us take to heart the challenge that has been given. Am I born again? Do I love him the way that I, that I know I can? I want to love him more. Lord, I thank you that you are in me that you are in each and every believer that's sitting here this morning. I pray, Lord, if there are any here today that do not know you in the way that we've talked about, God, that you will work upon that heart and cause them to want to know you. Thank you, God, for this, your word to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. amen.